0: The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown, and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome to an emergency edition of the State of Recruiting podcast. We only come to you when we've got some big news to talk about in Hudson. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the biggest of the recruiting cycle, but certainly a big one. Texas flipping Colton Vosick from Oklahoma.
1: I think it might be top three for me, and I know that that's probably a discussion we don't want to get into, but... Arch obviously has to be number one. And then I think Derek Williams and Vosik are kind of 2A and 2B for me of just complete fun. Getting an outright flip uh, from Oklahoma is pretty rare, Um, but Texas did it and they got their Austin Westlake legacy edge to stay home. Massive uh, position of need, Mike.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all year that pass rush is a big need. You and I are both big fans of Vasek. Um, you, you originally were the guy that kind of put me on to him. And um, I, I think we'll talk about this a little later, but I didn't get to watch him probably as closely as I wanted to in the state title game. And I think it was when we were down in Austin for the state track meet, I went by a Westlake practice and I came back. and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm all the way in on this guy after watching him up close.
1: And if I remember correctly, too, it's that you watched him up close and then it was the circle back on the tape and the stats and like, oh, yeah, this, this guy put up double-digit sacks against the best Texas competition. Essentially, kind of flexed on Denton Geyer. One uh, state, you know, the state title MVP as a junior has been really, really good as a senior as well. There's been no drop-off. And when you talk about the immediate recruiting impact for a guy like Colton Vosick ending up at Texas, this sends a statement to the rest of the country, right? And obviously um, – you know i put in a pick for Vasek and anthony hill to end up at texas earlier like there there are a lot of moves on the chessboard for the texas staff to really make some statements to finish out this 2023 cycle
0: yeah it's a it's huge from <clears throat> i think the national scene anytime you get a flip between texas and oklahoma or texas and aniam either way it goes they're just kind of rare they don't happen a ton so anytime you're on the good end of that Um, it's big news. I think it's even bigger news for the narrative that's out there that like Austin kids just don't stay home for the most part. We've seen a lot of Austin kids leave the area and go to other schools. And I think that that's kind of a puzzling thing for Texas fans. This is a big one, not only like we said, but the position of need, uh, but just the fact that you got him away from your rival, you don't have to play against him now. And, you know, he, he is what We've talked a lot about NFL bodies on the edge. He is absolutely an NFL body. And I think that's what, you know, took me so much. If you remember Hudson, you and I were at junior day together. And we were not yet working together, but we were talking and it was kind of, he walked by us and I was like, man, is he really like six, six or whatever? He just, I don't know. He kind of looks like six, three, six, four from here. And then
1: I going out to that practice, I was like, oh yeah, he's, he's six, six. And I'm sure I sounded like a crazy person too. Cause I kept on going like, no, Mike, you just got a bad angle. Like I promise he's like six, five and a half, six, six. Like I I promise dog. Um, But I'm sure I sounded like an insane person because I was so um, adamant about his measurables. But then again, you finally got to see it once you got uh, up close and personal with him at the Westlake practice. But speaking about him as a player slash prospect, Mike, what are kind of your favorite things about his game? If somebody isn't a diehard state of recruiting listener. If this is their first time listening to us, what makes Colton Vosick a special player?
0: Well, if they are a diehard state of recruiting listener, they've heard us say this. They've heard us say this. Um, They've heard us say that Westlake, Westlake's defensive line coached by Colton's dad, Brian Vosick, a former Longhorn himself, is legitimately, I mean.
1: it's, It's the best coached unit in the state.
0: It's, it's hard to say, right? Because you can't put every high school team and every unit up against each other and totally look at it. But when you look at the way they play fundamentally, and I think we've seen it from Ethan Burke this year, a guy that was able to get on the field despite some physical limitations, because he is so good with his hands, because he is so good at playing with leverage. Is it fair to say, Hudson, I know you're a big Ethan Burke fan. Vosik is kind of be leveled up at the high school version of Ethan Burke. I mean, similar size, doesn't have like the lacrosse background, but still I think a a fantastic athlete. And what I really love about him is just his lateral ability. His motor is incredible. Um, And like I said, the way he plays with his hands applying a scrimmage.
1: The technique with his hands is by far my favorite thing about him. I've said this before and I understand it sounds crazy, but I genuinely think you could play Colton Vossick at any school in the country for, you know, two or three drives at edge, and he'd hold up fine because his technique is so good. He knows how to attack offensive linemen, whether it's against the run or the pass. And I think that's for me the key uh differentiator between him and Ethan Burke. Ethan Burke has shown flash this year for Texas. He's ahead of schedule in his personal development, right? Because what made Ethan special was his. Uh, bigger frame than even uh, Vasek, but the short area quickness from the lacrosse background, right? Vasek doesn't have that same sort of like elite twitch, but he has a really good first step. And he pairs together a bigger frame and I think a more college ready frame, right? Um, And just pairs it together really well. Like I think that vasik is so good against the run that it almost makes him a more dangerous uh you know pass rusher right because he does have the natural bend but you also can't just run at him and expect him to be weak at the point of attack which for texas considering what they have at the edge room right now is such a big pickup
0: i think his hands are the hand speed too is so good i mean he's almost like a boxer uh with his hand speed like he can throw combos so quickly and and like that's the biggest thing you know like the only other guy that I've seen recently with that kind of hand speed was an offensive player it was Devon Campbell. Devon Campbell could one-two you so quickly and knock you off base. Vosik brings that from the defensive side of the ball where he can get into the offensive lineman and he's hitting you with so much that you can't really anchor and set against him and so I mean like he's just uh, Technically he's incredible, but when you pair that with the size, the length, all those sorts yeah,
1: of things exactly. Um, you know
0: I mean it's it's a pr- a really special uh, really special package in general. I've got um, his uh, I believe he was measured on a visit to a college that we sometimes uh, get information from. And as I'm kind of vamping here looking for that,
1: here, I can take over for you while you uh, here
0: we go. <laughs> Okay. So he checked in at this college on a visit six, five and a half, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, nine and three eight hands, thirty-two and a half arms, and a seventy-eight and a half wing. I mean, that's that's pretty NFL, that's an NFL frame.
1: Yeah, it's pretty dang good. And it's not just like the hand, it's the fact, it's not just the hand speed, right? Which is elite. It's the fact that it's that level of speed, and he's so violent, and he can displace you. He has good enough, you know, arm length to really separate from guys. He's somebody that I think we've been pushing behind the scenes for, even when he uh, committed to Oklahoma, right? Like that didn't stop. We still viewed him as a top 10 player uh, in the state.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to turn this into a Colton Vosick versus Ethan Burt podcast, because I think getting both of them is, Really neat, um, but oh
1: yeah, they're both tremendous.
0: I think that what you what you talked about, like the motor and the violence he plays with, is something that I thought Ethan lacked a little bit, and maybe it was because how new he was to football and and how kind of unexperienced he was. Whereas Vosik's grown up a coach's kid, I think he just plays with a different type of demeanor. Um, and so, if you're seeing Burke get on the field as early as he has, um, I, I think that you know I. I saw some Oklahoma fans on uh, one of our – on our Oklahoma message board basically calling Vosick a two- to three-year project, which I don't think they were saying when he committed. He's anything but a project to me. I think he's pretty – like, obviously, he's going to have to add a little little physical – a little strength physically, but he's anything but a project to me. I think that's a guy that's logging snaps next year.
1: Yeah, I – I even have seen some Texas fans mentioning stuff about Vosek, Berth Burke, even Jamon Tapp. Like those guys are not – when you say project, I'm thinking about a guy that is so, you know, undeveloped or not ready yet that if you put him on the field, he would almost be a liability, right?
0: Yeah. Like Vosic, like the, the, the straight limitations – may stop him from being a effective like run stopper in his first year it's not going to stop him from being an effective pass rusher so like you can play him as in pass rushing downs and situations like that it's not that you have to teach him to play football he's just got to get stronger
1: here's i think a good segue to all fall camp i heard from one of my team sources Yo, you, your boy, Ethan Burke, like, he he is not where we want him strength and conditioning wise, and he knows that, but it's unbelievable how good his technique is and how that kind of helps him uh, get around some issues in, you know, run support to the point to where he's going, you know, two um, ladders up on the depth chart because he's able to get over the uh, strength issues with just how good his technique and... Um, you know, I guess, intelligence uh, playing against the runoff. I think that you're going to get the same sort of effect with Vosik, where he's probably not going to be exactly where they want him, right? Because eventually they do want him to be the jack that's the bigger um, edge. But I think he's going to end up playing pretty quickly on campus because he has the tools and the technique to get around that. Here's the segue. Speaking of Ethan Burke, as we have been, Burke, Connor Robertson, and Michael Taft were instrumental in this recruitment. Kind of the entire Westlake uh, community played a part, right? Mike, what do you think about the factor of, especially now with Vasek, and they're probably going to host Jaden Greathouse, the Notre Dame commit this weekend. Like, It feels like the Westlake to Austin thing had a leader with Sam, but now has an entire like unit on campus.
0: Yeah, it's, it's – you're getting more, more – and I'm sure, Sam, I'm sure we're forgetting about somebody that was at Westlake. like well, uh, Brecken
1: was, but – Yeah, uh, that's
0: right. Brecken was. Uh, but, like, yeah,
1: you've got more guys
0: there, more guys that played together on those state championship teams and formed a really and close And won body. titles together.
1: Like, unfortunately, yeah. Sam and Brecken never got it done. You know what I mean? So it like, feels like there's a different level of camaraderie almost.
0: Yeah, like – Taff was a major player on the first two titles, right? Yeah, uh, I think
1: Taff my I think Taff and Vosik maybe could both be uh back-to-back double state MVPs. Cuz Taff Yeah, I forgot Vosik. he won it the Vosik first year. has year. an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I forgot he won it the first year too. Obviously Burke and Vosik played together um on last year's team. where Burke really got more playing time and Connor Robertson uh was kind of a mainstay on the last two title teams. Um, so yeah, those guys have won multiple championships together. I think that creates a bond, a different type of bond and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's big going forward because Westlake, as we've seen has no shortage of players. And so, um, it being close to home, I think obviously if you drive around Westlake, the area, um, there's, it's obviously extremely pro Texas. I mean, it's, it's, they want those guys to play at home and be hometown heroes. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think having that and adding Vosick to it just, you know, sets you up really well for whoever the next guy is.
1: We were talking about some previous Oklahoma to Texas flips, because while they seem to be more, more common than uh, Texas A&M to Texas, there still aren't a ton of them, right? And we had two delayed flips, I guess is the best way to call them, last year with Xavier Bryce and Kobe McKenzie, who pulled the snip, snap, snip, snap and ended up at Oklahoma anyways, But, Mike, you had an incredible pull on the last direct flip, I believe. And this is, you know, um, late at night research. But if you want to name that one, I think it's a pretty fun one.
0: Cam Rising, Utah Zone uh, Was it once an Oklahoma commit after Texas already had Oklahoma legacy Casey Thompson in the class? Uh, They were (laughs) able to flip Cam Rising uh, from Oklahoma. I remember that day well. I can tell you where I was when it happened. I was sitting in the Mellow Mushroom Pizza place in uh, Arlington.
1: I actually can tell you where I was. I was on a recliner in the Tejas house, and I remember I told like the first four people that walked through the door, "Like you don't get it. This is a really big deal. They just flipped an Oklahoma. Like they just flipped an Oklahoma quarterback."
0: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a big deal for sure. And um, guess
1: what? Cam Rising, great career.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's gone on it. Look, Cam Rising would have had a great career at Texas. Cam Rising just. He got there, and it was Sam's, like, first year where it clicked for him. And Cam Rising looked at the writing on the wall and said, no, this ain't – I'm going to have to wait a long time before I – before things come together for me. So um, I'm glad he's gone on to have such a, a strong career at Utah.
1: There was one more Oklahoma uh, flip, I guess. And I don't know the exact story because um, as well as you do because you profiled it in your book, The Road to Texas. Uh, Roy Miller. I just want to read out. Uh, Roy Miller on October 19th tweeted this to Colton Vossick, And I thought it was pretty cool at the time. Um, but seeing how things have played out, I thought it was worth uh, bringing up. So October 19th, Roy Miller at Colton Vossick. I know it's kind of late but it is really not. I decommitted from OU2, very d- tough decision as a young man, but trust me, nothing is like playing college football close to home. Think of this as a business decision. Get done playing with football. Where do you want to move back to, Norman or Austin? That's what sold me. Good luck.
0: So I w- I throughout this book process and throughout all the, um, the promotion of it, people have asked me like, Hey, what's your favorite story from the book? And I think my answer has most consistently been the Roy Miller story, because I think it was unique in um, that he was, I'm trying to think through my, through the chapters. I think he was the only flip that I wrote about in the book. Um, So it was a unique perspective for anybody that flipped from one college to another, but his story of you know, committing to Oklahoma very early and kind of being set with that because Texas wasn't really recruiting him. And then, um, you know, just kind of growing in love and then out of love with that, that school. And, um, you know, it, for Roy in, in a constant kind of staple of the book, when we talk to those Central Texas guys, the central figure in it was Tommy Harris from Colleen, where Roy, Roy Miller was from. Um, and Tommy Harris was such a legend at Oklahoma. He was a true hometown hero in Colleen. And <coughs> excuse me. And um, when Roy decommitted from Oklahoma, Tommy Harris uh, paid for his camp at Texas, paid for him to be able to go to camp at Texas. And uh, you know, it was something that he kind of talked about as, that was pretty special for me because he obviously didn't have to do it, but he just wanted to see me land, you know, somewhere and to go somewhere where I would succeed. And so, yeah, uh, you can read more about that in the road to Texas. I think it's it's probably my favorite chapter because Roy and I had such a cool and honest and open conversation uh, about it. And I think it's, you know, we see recruiting tactics all the time, right? And I don't think anybody called Roy Miller and was like, hey, tweet at Colton Boss. But I think for a player like him in a similar situation, Hey, i from the same region as you. I also committed to Oklahoma first. I decided to change because of this, that, the other. I think it, it holds a little weight. I don't know if Vosk ever saw the tweet. I don't know what his reaction he was. Liked
1: it. It. He liked it at the time. Obviously no idea what his personal reaction was, but I don't know if you felt the same way, Mike, but like, also, just talking to a recruit in that manner, like an adult, yeah, I think probably plays like you see a lot of players tweeting at recruits, and it's like you know you could have gone the Charles Aminahu
0: route that was like Oklahoma yeah. sucks y'all booty yeah <laughs> Oklahoma
1: sucks anybody committed there's a moron like you know that type of stuff but yeah. um, which I hope this doesn't get clipped out of context for us or <laughs> that'll look bad um, but. I think another interesting thing that we kind of have to talk about before we get out of here with Vosik is there was almost like a visit gate situation. Um, you initially broke the fact that he visited for the Alabama game. He then uh, would take a trip to the Red River shootout, which, hey, that's you know innocuous enough. Like I'm just going to see Oklahoma play. Well, we kind of heard leading up to it that it wasn't necessarily that. Then the 49 to nothing happens. He shows up for the Iowa State game next that next weekend and behind the scenes Mike we were basically kind of uh counting our eggs before they had hatched in a good way though I mean hey they actually hatched
0: this is it's delayed but I'm going to count this as a win for vacation Mike
1: because we essentially knew like I was prepped when you went on vacation because I was like yo he might just out of the blue do it even yeah, because not hearing it tough. I
0: left the country the day after the Iowa State game. I think I got service at one port of call, checked in with you and you were like, it might happen this week. We're hearing some things. So I'm going to, even though it's delayed, I'm going to count this one as a win for vacation, Mike. Yeah. It was so funny because I was talking to a source on the phone about the Alabama visitors and, and everything that went down and, you know, it was a long phone call and I'd gone through, hey, what about this guy? What about that guy? What about this guy? And I finally got to the end and I was like, all right, um, well, cool. Uh sounds like it was a great weekend. And they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, Colton Vosick was there too. And I was like, Oh, how did uh you not lead off with this news? Um, and it was uh you know, once we kind of got the okay to report it, um I think it got it was one of those things that sometimes um, I think sometimes those I'm trying to put, figure out how to put this delicately. <laughs> um, sometimes people have a feel the need to, to be PR for a kid and it's like, Hey, they're kids. And I get it. And I would never really never like try to let a kid make a mistake. There's a lot of times when we talk to kids and they say something dumb. And I just say, Hey, I'm not going to write that because for sure it's, it's just going to end you up in trouble. But on the other hand, like, if a kid's doing something and it's like, yeah, we reported it and we were the first to report it. But how many people on our board was like, Oh yeah, he was there. I saw him on the field. Like he was on exactly. the field in front of a hundred thousand people. Exactly. It's not, it's not, um, it's not like he attended a practice that nobody knew about. <laughs> uh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, that's a but, fun one but uh you know what i mean like it wasn't us like really ruining anything because no. i mean he was there in a stadium full of a hundred thousand people like there's th- there's nothing you could do about that so once we started following up on it it was kind of a hey you know he just went with his parents they've got season tickets and it was like i made mm-hmm. sure when that source mentioned it to me i was like wait a minute he was on the field he had a credential around his neck he was a yes. guest of texas and they were like yes yes and yes and it was at that time they told me you know Contact has been reciprocated. Um, We don't know where things really stand right now, but we feel a little bit optimistic because the contact has been reciprocated.
1: The way that I like to phrase things were it went from, you know, hey, this is a, I think after he committed August 1st to Oklahoma for a little bit, it was a, we were still really like, him. we think there might be a chance towards the end of the cycle um, from most of our sources. One of my sources just maintained that it was eventually going to happen. Uh, but then after the Alabama game, it grew to, OK, we showed something on the field. We're hopeful now. And I think the Red River shootout is when it turned from hope to outright confidence to then with the arch factor at Iowa State to straight up just like, hey, we know we're getting them.
0: Yeah, I hate monitoring kids social media for like the smallest changes, but I think it was the week leading up to the Oklahoma game, you texted me and said, "Hey, Vasic just unarchived all of his Texas visit pictures and he's been really like pro Texas on his Twitter likes." And uh,
1: I mean, I got I got a tip too cuz I was no I knew to look into it cuz I got a tip that was like, "Yo, Vasic's just out here in Westlake talking about how he thinks Texas is going to beat Oklahoma." At the Cotton Bowl,
0: you know, there's a. I always I talk about this a lot with visit, uh, with uh, legacies. It, there's always a moment where right you you're a legacy. Your dad played there. Your parents went to school there. Whatever for whatever reason you grew up, probably dreaming of playing at the University of Texas. I mean, it's it's hard to believe Colton Vossick didn't grow up dreaming of playing at the University of Texas. There's always a point where you have that opportunity presented to you. And you've got to go one way um, where the path forks. You've either got to make the decision that I'm going to pass up everything I've ever wanted and do this because it feels like the right move for me, or I'm going to take the thing that I've wanted my entire life. And I think that that's a powerful moment. And it doesn't always hit the same for every kids. I said a lot about the Brockermeyer brothers, and they were very comfortable taking the other path. You know, they, it, it yeah. didn't really phase them. But um, when you look at guys who, Uh, like Vasek, they've all got to make that decision at some point. And so even the talk of, I'm going to the Red River shootout, but um, this is the first time I'll be rooting for Oklahoma. It's like, that's tough, man. It's tough to beat like 17 years of DNA and experience and history and and all those moments you've had in the stadium as a kid, and all those things—it's—it's it's tough to see. And then, like you mentioned, Arch being all over him. I mean, obviously, that's huge when when Arch Manning is is kind of making you. And I one of the last uh, kind of bits I got before I went on my vacation was I talked to somebody and said, what, "What's the deal with Vossick?" And they were like, "Arch is all over him. Like, will not, cannot, Colton can't shake him."
1: I was about to say, we almost got descriptions that were like, is Vasek in trouble? Like, is Arch Manning, like, you know, like, is he being almost too relentless? Nah, he just was making sure that the job was done. Um, What you mentioned about the, uh, like, Red River shootout dynamic with Vasek, I think is really, I don't know, it's a really good point. Because it's one thing to be out of football season and to be going through your own recruitment process, recruiting process, right? To where it's like, yeah, no, this is, this is, the school makes sense for me. Like Oregon or Oklahoma, these make sense. It's almost another thing to be in the stadium, right? In the Cotton Bowl, to have like those emotions, those feelings come back. And then I think, especially, we can't mention it enough, like how emphatic the beatdown was. I think played a large role in, you know, yeah, kind of and, helping snowball this. And
0: just kind of, you know, frankly, how bad Oklahoma's been this year. I mean, they don't I don't think they're in this position unless Oklahoma has played to the level they've played in Texas, is even though it's not perfect, and even though there's a lot of room for improvement has played to the level they've played, they've had to sure. hold up their end of the bargain and be able to show something as well. So I just think like like you mentioned, in a vacuum, making the right choice is probably a little easier. You know what it's like. Every fan knows what it's like. You get in that stadium. You hear the fight songs. You see the colors. You're 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 fighting your visceral reaction, your emotions, all those kind of things. It's not as much a just intellectual decision at that point.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also, like when you're somebody like Colton Bossick and you have like close friends on the Texas team, you you're seeing Michael Taff emerge as a contributor in that game.
0: Like didn't he didn't he decapitate somebody on a punt or something?
1: Yeah. He did, and he had a really good tackle, um, I believe in the third or fourth quarter. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Eventually, you get the moment where all five freshman offensive linemen are in, and you can point to your, you know, dad or whoever and be like, Yo, Connor's in the game, right? You kind of didn't have that on the Oklahoma side, like. I think uh Brandon from the OU 247 site mentioned the fact that nobody from Westlake has ever signed with Oklahoma. Like there's there's no connection there. And yeah, you have your boys that you're in the same class committed with, but what's the group chat saying when you're at the game and you're losing 49 to nothing other than, you know, the stuff that everybody tweets out of yeah, you know, we still believe in the system and all that stuff. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, similarly, nobody from, I mean, like, it's going to, be it would be hard for Texas to pull a kid from Norman North. Um, you know, if, if he, if it was the same situation, it would go down the other way. It's just kind of, it's the luck of geography and, uh, you know, the luck was on their yeah, side. So.
1: Exactly. And I might be, I might be messing up, um, my years on this but like you're not pulling a kid from norman north especially not in like 2002 or whatever right when a beatdown happens so yeah mike you teased it we've got to get to the practice story i'm just gonna let you go iso ball because i was genuinely delirious when we first got this tip i was so excited
0: yeah um man i i'm trying to remember how the original tip came about.
1: I think I texted you from one of my sources and was like, Hey, can you confirm this? And you got a lot more than a confirmation.
0: That's right. Um, yeah. You had, a, it's a guy that we, we both use from time to time. You're obviously uh, more locked in with and you said, Hey, um, got a tip that Fawcett was at Texas practice. And so I start going to work. I'm, tr- I'm texting a few people. And nothing really comes of it. Right. Nobody wants to answer. And I think that that's really indicative anything is there were people trying to keep it quiet and finally i I talked to one source on the phone and they were just like yeah he was there um and you know it's obviously that's not a violation but first before anybody freaks out um it is the visit period it's like taking an unofficial any other point in time you can show up
1: we see it a lot with dallas area kids and smu on sundays
0: right yeah exactly um, when you're when you're local and i'm sure colton has texas practices in the morning i'm sure colton has i don't know what their practice schedule i think it's usually in the evening i'm sure he's got first period off or something and so he just pops over sees practice and and obviously that's big stuff so i i asked the source i said hey do you want us to hold off on it because i kind of have a good feel for stuff they might want us to hold off on and of course the source said i don't really care like do your job but he has proven to be you know kind of a kid that can spook easily if if a bunch of noise gets out there about him and we feel like we're really close to wrapping this thing up so i would prefer if you didn't but i'm not telling you not to and so we just made the decision okay well if, if they're close Obviously, we think something's going to happen, and we'll tell that story after it happens.
1: And I think that it would be fair to say that on the other side, there was a level of appreciation for holding off on it.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: I've look, I've faced In the crystal balls, which we basically had to wait until a bunch of people got the predictions. And we were really hoping, honestly, that the announcement would have just happened today on Tuesday and we would just have our content blitz ready and, you know, catch people off guard, but that doesn't happen. You have to put in your picks. It is what it is.
0: It very rarely happens anymore. Um, I mean, we got them with Leona. Yeah, that was one. Um, yeah. So we essentially, you know, I, I don't mind. I've been in the chair of where I've reported something and people think I'm trying to hurt the program. Obviously it shows here that if we think, it, yeah. And exactly. it, it, it's not so you even hurt the program. Like, I mean, I, I don't work for the program. So it's not my job to, to like,
1: but just run a level PR of respect. Then,
0: yeah. But it's a level of respect for our sourcing who, you know, I mean, if they tell me something and I want to keep getting told things from them, I have to abide kind of by their wishes. That's the way the job works. So, you know, we, we, we kind of just said, okay, we're fine with that. And, um, you know, it, it went on to, uh, I guess, yesterday, Monday um I, t- I was talking to a source uh one of the same sources that i had been confirming some stuff with and they said by the way um sounds like Vossick's going to do his thing tomorrow so uh you know we started kind of preparing at that point we we've been watching for this
1: yeah um, we've had for a
0: while and i think a big part of that hudson i've got to pat you on the back is uh you're reporting on it you've you've nailed it from the beginning and i told you earlier you 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 compared this to Kelvin Banks' recruitment, and I think you had your Kelvin Banks moment, um, the same kind of moment I had with Kelvin Banks in the last cycle, where I just kind of leaned on my sources, and uh, they did not meet me wrong. It's
1: been really rewarding. And for those who haven't followed along on Horns 24-7, basically from, I, I think, May, maybe April – I had one source that I trust a ton and especially, you know, you don't want to go results over process, right, Mike? But this result definitely helps the trust a lot, right? Um, Basically tell me this is going to play out like Kelvin Banks did, okay? He he deep down wants to be at Texas, but he's really enjoying the recruiting process, really really likes Oregon a ton, and there's some other out-of-state schools. I think he's going to go to Oregon. If he doesn't go to Oregon, he's going to go to some other out-of-state school, But Texas is going to get him at signing day. That's all you need to know. Texas lean, goes out of state, going to get him at signing day. Well, Texas gets him even before signing day, just because of how things have been unfolding and the fact that he wanted to get this, uh, Vosick wanted to get this out of the way before their playoff run, right? But that wasn't my only source. Tried to plug in with as many people as possible. And, you know, part of it is just luck. Like, you know, this is just a, a good job and something I'm pretty excited about.
0: Yeah. And you should be, I mean, this is, this is like the cool parts of our job. This is the fun when you're, when you're chasing a story and even like you kind of feel like you're on an island with it. Like I did last year with banks. Um, I felt that way. Uh, I felt that way with Vernon Broughton during his recruitment. I think it was the only guy that just leaned on my sourcing and said, Hey, I think regardless of everything else you hear, this is going to be Texas. And when you get it right. And it kind of plays out the way that the people spelled it out for you. Um, you know, you you feel really good about it on the opposite end. Like like you mentioned, it helps really bank trust points for that source because like, I can tell you from the other side of it, now a guy who is now one of my best sources on just around college football, he's not really plugged into any one program, but he he has his hands in a lot of things. The first like couple of times we talked, he basically told me, it was like leading up to signing day, he's like, hey, Calevon Chason's not going to Texas. And I was like, no, <laughs> you're – I was like, you're crazy. Like, I'm – I've got it from everybody. Like, his trainer, uh, the other recruits, and he's like, all right, we do whatever you want. Calevon Chason's That's going fair. to LSU. Like, his – they like uh, he told me on signing day like three times like get out of the Texas stuff get out of the Texas stuff he's like I've seen the LOI it's sitting on the desk in LSU so and, and that helps you the other way so yeah you should be commended for it it, it helped us be on top of it and, and kind of keep an eye on things so um, yeah I think that that kind of wraps up where we are as far as uh, how we reported the story and how it broke down behind the scenes
1: was there was there any point of the way where you had doubt obviously the commitment to Oklahoma uh, duh but, but even like, then even that, then
0: like do you remember when he committed to Oklahoma we were told by some sources that like he was having some second thoughts even at that point like a, yes. a little bit of cold was I was, like, I was wondering Minnesota.
1: if you would remember that
0: yeah, yeah I mean I think that for Texas it was a like, and this is something we didn't really mention during the podcast but I think there were some legit, hurt feelings from Vosick on the way Texas handled the recruitment at the beginning
1: early. Yeah. early. And
0: I, I don't think they handled it as well as they could have. They, they waited too late in my opinion to offer him. Um, and then I don't think that they really pursued him with a ton of fervor during the early part of the spring.
1: Until I would say February or March. And at that time, even if you, even if the Texas staff is like, Hey, we just needed to take our time and get our board set. Right. But from the recruits' perspective, it looks like y'all didn't start really pushing for me until Georgia and Alabama and, you know, all these other schools, Oregon, Clemson, got got really involved. When um, Vasek kind of said from the jump he wanted to end up at Texas, one of the worst, I think— um, I don't want to say lie, Mike, but like uh, misconceptions out there about Vosick is that he was solely focused from the jump on getting away from Austin. Like I have a quote <laughs> from, from the state title game that just says this. Ethan's one of my best friends and I look up to him a ton. We've been playing at this elite level all year and it was great to perform like that in a state title game. Hopefully I'll join him at UT one day. That would pretty, That would be pretty wild, huh? It would be pretty wild, cold. Um uh, yeah. I do
0: think it is something that during his recruitment, he kind of was like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to get out of Boston. But I don't think it was a he's just consumed with getting out of Boston. Like, exactly. I think he it became a, more comfortable with the idea of leaving home than more than anything.
1: I think it was something that was a part of his recruiting process that got turned into the main storyline. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Um, and by the way, I, I think it's fair to say, right? Oregon would be much more dangerous. I think if it were a closer plane ride to Austin, I
1: if think that was, was one of the differentiators. Where Arizona was, Texas would be in trouble.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the differentiators. He loved Oregon. Loved I think it Oregon. still does. Yeah, like, it still does. But I just think for the family, it was like a hey, we you know, let's sit down and make a family decision here. And I think Oklahoma was the clear compromise. You know, I think there was a point where the family even said, like, hey, you've got to get over, like, the hurt feelings and yeah. kind of get on with Texas. They're showing you, you know, they want you. They've they they put they've invested a lot in you. And so, uh, yeah, it was a weird kind of looping road. And I think in my experience doing this for a kid like Vosik, who, you know, seems pretty quiet and it seems like uh, no must, no fuss. A lot of times those become the more circus recruitments, not circus from his end, but just – you know, like really crazy. To of, yeah. Yeah. To follow.
1: Um, Also another thing, Mike, I think that we should mention uh, you were talking about the fact that Texas kind of slow played him a little bit at first. I do want to give a shout out to friend of the show who joins us on the Texas high school football segments of the state of recruiting guy Frazier guy and I were all over Colton leading up into the playoffs and then when he went on his crazy run which he he had probably the best three drives that I watched as a junior against Katie in the state semifinal game and his only offer was Tulsa and Texas was in the mix right Texas was aware of him and I think that kind of made the feelings a little bit uh a little bit worse right that you guys were communicating with me Say again?
0: You guys, you and Guy were both all over that. And uh, like I said, I didn't, I think I can remember you guys being like, hey, you guys, even before Westlake played during the state championship week, being like, hey, you've got to watch this Colton Vosk film. And that week was so insane for me because of signing day and all the other coaching changes and all this stuff going on. I think you got
1: the Tashard Choice scoop in the press box.
0: Like during the Westlake game, I'm pretty sure it was. I can't – I don't know. That weekend all kind of gloms together for me. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you guys were all over it. And I there was a, even a little bit of frustration from Guy. Like, hey, we, we told you about this kid. And I'm like, yeah, I had a, a, some stuff going on.
1: You know? But but the overarching uh, thoughts of – I think that's what made it sting a little extra for Cole. Was the fact that – you just were late on my good friend, Ethan, and he didn't care. And he chose Texas, but like, I'm right here. I'm playing at this elite level. I've sacked Jackson Arnold seven times or whatever it was in this game. What do I got to do to earn an offer?
0: By the way, go back and watch it. Like if you've got NFHS or whatever, go back and watch that Katie game. I mean, there's some plays or or, or just go to his huddle and find it. There are some plays in that game where you look at it and you go, whoa, that's a, That's different than what anybody else on the field is doing.
1: I'm not comping him to uh, either of these brothers, but I legitimately thought I was watching a Bosa brother. Yeah, it was
0: was was. destructive. I mean, I've seen some highlights this year. I haven't seen Westlake yet. Um, We'll be fixing that this week. But um, I see some highlights this year where it's just more of the same, man.
1: I almost – like you almost want to – I don't know. It's – I don't want to drag on too long, uh, Mike, so I'll quickly throw it to this. What's next for Texas? Obviously, probably uh, talking about this on Talking Texas instead of the state of recruiting, but it feels like the biggest recruiting weekend since Alabama and maybe just as big or bigger than the Oklahoma State visit weekend last uh, year. Like, there are a ton of guys going to be on campus.
0: It's been pointing to this for a while. Um, I think that Texas has been marshalling everything to get people here for TCU. And this is kind of Sark's MO, right? Like let's build our recruiting weekends around these two or three big games in a year and, and try to get everybody at that. And so I think the TCU game made sense from just a scheduling aspect of like it's the only, it's one of two home games in November and it's the only one that's not the day after Thanksgiving. So um, it's easier to get guys there. And the fact that TCU's 9-0 and 0 only really uh, kind of accentuates that. So a big recruiting visit weekend. We've got a lot of stuff up about it uh, over at Horns 24-7. So please go check that out. We've got some stuff on Vossick, uh, a little more in-depth on the behind-the-scenes stuff we talked about. Uh, but I think – the I mean, there's a lot of big news in this weekend. Like I, I was talking to Jonte Cook today – or yesterday, I guess today, as we're recording this, <laughs> and I said um, – I said something. I was like, oh, yeah, it should be a big weekend with Anthony and all this stuff. And he was like, y'all are forgetting about DeAndre Moore. And I was like, no, I wrote about DeAndre. Um, and he was like, yeah, that's big. I mean, it, it is one of those things, though, where it's like, yeah, you can name off like four or five guys and be like, well, you're forgetting about this guy. And so um, they're going to have a bunch of official visitors in town. Deuce Robinson, uh, DeAndre Moore, Jacoby Lane, a new wide receiver target who's on the board for Texas from Mesa, Arizona. By the way, I think could see some fireworks there based on what I've heard early um, mm-hmm. little and we tease. And then you've got some unofficial visitors coming in, you know, you've got Anthony Hill who we mentioned, which I think is, is the biggest. I mean, if I,
1: yeah, oh, just,
0: just to put it into context, if they flip Hill after flipping Vosick, which I don't know that anything happens this weekend, but I think Texas is in the driver's seat. Agreed. They are with those two um they are they jump Georgia to for to go to
1: number two on the recruiting rankings
0: and I think are very much in the thick of the hunt to push Alabama for the number one overall spot.
1: And talking about just plain football perspective, does a recruit matter more for maybe, I guess I'd say especially the first year than Anthony Hill. And I know that that is a lot of expectations to put on a kid. But, Mike, we we both have talked about the fact that Anthony's probably one of the better pure football players we've ever evaluated. At, a spot, in line, at a spot at linebacker that we know Texas needs immediate help with. And
0: more size, I think. Like, I think Anthony Hill's size was a knock almost when Texas was a big 12 team. Um, was, you know, all those years ago when they were a Big 12 team um, where you were worried about him in a passing conference, which I'm not. He's an athlete. And what he's shown as a senior, too, I think has answered a lot of those questions. But they've had to add more size going into the SEC, especially at linebacker. And they've got... All right, two guys in the class, Leona Lee Fowl, who, by the way, will be in town this weekend for an unofficial yep. visit. That's big news as well. Uh, and Samajé Burrell, who you could consider somewhat undersized, they needed a guy with that legit type of size, and Anthony Hill definitely has that. I mean, talking about a, a true impact guy, You you mentioned is just like a pure football player. I think I've been saying for like three years, Anthony Hill may be the best football player in the state of Texas. Like I have kind of thought that from his sophomore season on. Um as far you know, that doesn't speak to prospect or ranking any of that, just pure football player, man. He's as good as anybody I've seen do it uh, over the last three years of his career. at did Ryan. So that would be massive as well. It's going to be a big weekend. Uh, it's going to be, should be a fun, um, a fun uh, after event. If Texas wins, I think that's something we we really got to talk about uh, more on talking Texas, but God, they've got to hold up their end of
1: the bargain there. I think the best way to close it is, if Texas beats TCU on Saturday with college game day uh, beats the number four team in the nation, even though Texas is like a seven point favorite, I think that's just a little sneaky thing that we need to mention. Like, you know, it's not really an upset when Vegas thinks that you're going to punt them and not punt them in the sun. It thinks that you're a touchdown better. Um, But everything's on the table, including, as you mentioned, a shot at a number one class.
0: Yeah. And that's exciting. And, and, we haven't mentioned this. We'll talk more about it. Talk taxes and state recruiting and all that. Man, it is this season has felt like wandering in the desert for recruiting information. It's just been so slow. There's been no, people have asked us, Well, well, you guys don't break anything anymore. I'm like, there's nothing to break, nothing going on. I think you saw on Monday kind of what we do when there is news. I mean, we were we were all over everything as much as we could be, and um, it, it was just such an oasis in the middle of that desert. Uh, I hated that I was dealing with internet issues and uh, it was not optimal for it to happen uh, on that day. But uh, I, I, I got the rush. I don't know if you felt the rush too Hudson, but it was that rush again of like, oh, there's stuff going on. And um, there's a lot of stories to be chasing here and uh, felt like a productive day
1: at work. It, as I said, multiple times, Monday vibes were immaculate. Tuesday, uh, based on the fact yeah. that we're recording this podcast, it's a good day. There's a chance for this week to even get better. Yeah, can we
0: uh, can we check get a vibe check post VOSIC commitment?
1: Immaculate.
0: I mean, is there something more than immaculate? I don't know. I guess it it doesn't really go up because we kind of knew it was going to happen on Monday. So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it, it's just it's just about making it official at this point. So, yeah, big one. Um, glad you guys joined us. Anything else, Hudson? Uh, before we I go don't ahead? think so. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this emergency edition of the State of Recruiting podcast. Uh, we will be back with our regular edition this week. It's going to be a, uh, for you high school football fans out there. It's playoff time in Texas. We're going to do our playoff preview. I think that's going to dominate the show. We're going to push a lot of our recruiting information and previewing the weekend into Talking Texas. Uh, We gave you a pretty short Talking Texas last week. I got a feeling we're going long this week. um, Because we're going to have to roll recruiting in with a game review and a game preview. So. Um, join us on the Hornch 24 7 network of podcasts. You can uh, hear all those shows as well. Uh, for Hudson Standish, I'm Mike Roach. We will see you guys next week.